debate and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Your dreams were your ticket out. You like to think you're dreaming welcome about us all the time. To that same old place that you laughed about. We're always dreaming about you. Does that scare you? <laughs> it's 810, 10 minutes after the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show, hour number two on our shortened edition of the program every Wednesday because the legislative watchdogs will come barking in here with a lot of political conversation coming up at uh, 9 o'clock. But we have several things I want to get into in this hour of the show, including uh, a proposed new gaming parlor on National Road in Woodsdale. Uh, what Alex Mooney and other critics of Jim Justice had to say to the governor's financial disclosure report that came through yesterday. And um, Senator Manchin wants to bring back the dress code to the Senate. We'll talk about that. And much more coming up. You're welcome to be part of the show. As always, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, the Watchdog Radio Network text line, which is the Frio Stack auction service text line. And uh, we have uh, the Frio Stack auction service phone line as well, 304-232-8255. Mr. Slider, maybe we should uh, do a quick reminder, and you probably haven't pulled this up yet because I didn't mention it to you. Uh, we have an auction coming up. Speaking of Mr. Frio and Mr. Stack, uh, the auction's coming up today, 10 o'clock. It is a uh, property auction. We have been talking over, geez, multiple months because they had multiple auctions of an ant of the of the uh, in the, the the contents of an antique store over in Bridgeport, Ohio, and uh, and a lot of you got some great uh, Bob. I think even you got some great stuff out of that. I think you picked up some things from the. the I did. I mean, I I think they had eight eight different uh, uh, auction sales out of that uh, building. It was full of antiques. Uh, it was full of really really nice stuff. But now how the building is it's, empty. it's empty. It's empty. So it's time to say bye bye to the building. It, uh, it, it's going today. It's going to be auctioned off. It's a, it's a great location right there on National Road in Brookside. I would say three three doors down from Sunny Boy Restaurant on the same side there. But uh, get there at noon. Check everything out because the auction is going to take off right at 1 o'clock. And when we say 1 o'clock, we mean 1 o'clock. Don't be there at uh, 104 and say, where'd it go? It's gone. Maybe it's done by then. So be sure to check it out. Uh, 861, is that right? I'm going from memory. Am I right about that? 861? Well, I was hoping you had it up, Howard. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to find it here. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Between the two of us. I have it. Before 9, we'll get it figured out. It's 871 National 871. Road. Okay. Uh, handicap accessible. There's a ramp there right in front. Uh, it is two stories, full basement, and there's a garage out back, plenty of parking out back. We've said uh, several times the last couple of days, this may be a great place if you're thinking about a business, uh, you want to open up a business, you need a, a, a physical location uh, in the Lansing Valley, the, you know, Br Bridgeport, Brookside, Lansing out there. A premier piece of property right there on National Road. Absolutely. And the owner says they're going to sell it today. Uh, lots of traffic, high traffic area. It's a commercial building, prime location. Please check it out. Take our word for it because this is a really great opportunity. And as Bob pointed out a couple of days ago, if you're not totally sure, it's 871 National Road. I don't know where that is. What does that mean? It's not far from Sunny Boy, right? 
I would say f about four doors down from uh, from Sunny Boy on that same side. If you're not familiar with Brookside, well, get to Bridgeport, stay on 40 like you're heading to St. Clairsville, and you will see it. You'll you, go right through Brookside. You can't miss it, and I'm sure that uh, there will be signs out and all that kind of good stuff. But the auction is today, uh, and it starts at 1 o'clock, and this is a live auction. Uh, this is not one the online auction, so I don't know if you can bid online or not. Does it say on your notes there? It does not. It is a lie. Shane, well, I, if you're I, listening, uh, can can a bidder bid that is not there? Can he bid online? But it, it is a, it is a live auction, so it's going to be hey, sold, 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 sold. Is that anywhere near Jim? Nah, no, nah. Jimmy's a Hall of Famer. I don't sound anything like Jim Frio. It's a, I guess he goes to school for that. Went to school for that once upon a time, right? I know how much he practiced, and he practiced, and he practiced some more, and he got to be where he's uh, one of the all-time greats. He is, uh, and I think he's won, like, they have auctioneering contests and competitions, and I think he's won that, too. He's he's just good at it. He's the Brooks Robinson of <laughs> auctioneers. Don't start crying. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, 8-14, 14 after the All hour. right, we got it right here. You ready? We have an answer. No online bidding. You got to be there. It's a live auction only. Let's have an auction. Again, my At Jim, 1 o'clock. My Jim Frio invitation. <laughs> Listen, nice day today. Partly sunny, a high around 71 or so. Uh, look for maybe some rain tomorrow. Showers, thunderstorms could be part of the day. A little more gloomy tomorrow, uh, right around 70 again. But then we start to turn into some pretty good weekend. Friday will be a sunny high of 73, 75 on Saturday, 76 on Sunday, 78, pushing 80 on Monday and Tuesday. And Adam said earlier that uh, going into next week, uh, it looks like it's going to be a good week all of next week. 57 right now, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 56 of the Highlands, 55. Um, in Elm Grove and 57 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio. All Valley. right there, Stone Cold. Now, you've been in this business a long time, and I'm sure you had to do some heavy heart reporting when someone that you knew, someone you were very fond of, uh, has passed away. Yes. Uh, you don't have the problems that I do, do you? No, I do. I, I do. I, I can't. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big softy. I, I, can't, I can't talk about things too close to me uh, without tearing up and i was in a tough spot you know because i do slatter on sports i love doing slatter on sports i had to say something about the passing but i just knew i wasn't going to be able to get through it Howard. i said to bob earlier because he told me that it was very emotional for him the passing of brooks robinson and i said well you don't have to do it the the, the man is the man wants to do his job he said i gotta do it it's a critical part of the morning sports report i gotta do it and uh, yeah, you 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 handled it fairly well. Well, thanks. And at the same time, CBS was doing their tribute uh, oh, to Br boy. Brooks Robinson. So you're you're looking up on the screen, seeing some video, and geez, sorry about that. But anyway, but he lived to be 86. So and uh, he was just one of the all-time greats. And, and he again, meant something to me because again, it was my very first jersey. I love Brooks Robinson. And what was it? I mean, I, that's an interesting one. Um, why? What, what tr attracted you to him in those early days? He was like uh, he was like Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente. He could just take over a game with his glove, with his bat. He was a baseball player. I mean, he played it. And this was before ESPN and all the highlight shows right, come right, out. Right. You just knew. If you were a baseball guy, you just knew what you were watching there. Because he, again, I, I, I ran off all the stats. You know, 16 gold gloves, 15 uh, all-star. He, he was just one of the greats. And he just seemed like he was so humble, Howard. He was never one to – 
you know, to show off. If a guy makes a nice play now or gets a base hit, they, they thump their chest. You know, they're, yeah. they're reaching up and, 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 and doing a trot. Brooks Robinson was old school, and that's what I loved about him so much. He did it and it was done. And they certainly loved him in Baltimore. Again, they don't put statues out for, for just a, a great player. He was one of the all-time greats. I, I – um... I was I'm familiar with the name, but I really didn't didn't know that much about him. So you've you've, you've enlightened me. Well, it was a great time. You know, Baltimore had a great team, and of course, any, anyone that was a Pirate fan in 1971 knows that that's who the Pirates beat in seven games was the Baltimore Orioles. They yeah. had Frank Robinson, they had Book Powell, they had uh, Brooks Robinson, and it was a great series. And the difference, of course, was Roberto Clemente. And uh, now, see the Clementes and the Mays, the people you talk about, those I know, but Brooks Robinson. It's I, I I am not unfamiliar with the name, but I didn't really see him as a I don't know, superstar, whatever. Well, how old were you? You would have been, what, 17 in 1970. So you weren't probably, you were out, had other interests. But in 1970. That's another kinds of ball. Yes. <laughs> And in 1970, he stole the World Series away from the Cincinnati Reds. However, they, anything they hit towards third base, he gobbled he up. It. Yeah, and he, he was the MVP it. of that series. And then the next year is when they faced Pittsburgh. But Clemente was the difference. And it was an era, too, Bob, where you actually knew the players because they stayed with their teams and you knew who, they were, point, you, who yes. they were with and who they had been with. And, and, you know, these days, I swear, I don't know. Who who are the Pirates these days? I don't know them. And, and I avoid it because I don't know their names. I can't pronounce the name if I just write it down. Key Brian Hayes. There you go. And he's, he's done really good, uh, finishing up good there, Key Brian. But, but, Howard, that is so true. You know, Brooks Robinson only put one jersey on his whole life. Roberto Clemente, Mazer, Bill Mazeroski, Willie Stargell. That's why you, you became so attached to those guys because they were there from the first day to their, their very last day. Some of them may have had uh, been pirates almost all their life and then maybe had two years someplace else at the tail end of their career. But they were you were a pirate. You were a you were an Oriole. You were a, a Met. You were whatever. Um, I, I guess here we are, you know, acting like old guys again. Life was better then. Well, it certainly made me feel old when I when I first read that Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday. At 61, I, I felt like I was a kid again. I remembered, you know, those years where he was just was so important. I never met Brooks Robinson, never got his autograph. But, did you uh, ever see him play? I never did. No, I never once did. How? Interesting. You know, and, and again, we didn't have uh, ESPN. You didn't have the game of the week on every day of the week. It was really hard. I mean, you, the games of the week. <laughs> most of what I knew about Brooks Robinson, I, re I read in a magazine or in a newspaper. That's the days when Sports Illustrated actually brought you information that was you didn't have from someplace else. My daily routine uh, in the summertime when I was a lad was I would get on my bike around 8 o'clock in the morning, and I would head to Elm Grove, and I would get down there. My first stop was Miller's Barbershop, and I would sit there and talk to Bill Hatcher, who just passed away last week. Jeez, I forgot about that, and you talk about a baseball guy. Don't start. No, I won't. And uh, they, you know, they would have all the, the latest magazines and sporting news and Sports Illustrated, and back then, Howard, People actually talked baseball. Yeah. You would sit there, whether it was Wakeham's or up at a barber shop yeah. like uh, yeah. Miller's. But you talked baseball, and I love baseball, so it was a perfect fit. But you don't talk baseball anymore. Not too much. Because How's the Pirates doing, Howard? I, well, I'm going to make a guess, not well. <laughs> no, actually, they're, they have to finish strong, or they, they still have a chance of finishing dead last in the National League Central Division. Placing bets on that? Well, they have a little cushion, but again, they better win a couple more to uh, to clinch 
Fourth place, not first place, but fourth place. I didn't notice what you were playing as the going out song at the tail end of last hour, because uh, that song, the talking baseball song, that brings. That back. can tear me up on that, a good day. Howard. That in itself tears me up. That brings back. That's memories. Such memories, and there are, there are certain songs that just define what they're singing about, and that talking baseball song, you cannot hear that and not think of being in a baseball stadium and watching a baseball game and and rooting for a team that you cared for and people you cared for. I mean, that's what – that song just defines it. And, again, it's not like today. People actually went to the ballpark to watch the ball game. Now it's all – it's the, the restaurants are so great yeah. and it's pup night or it's fireworks night. Ah, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to go see the game. Just want to yeah. watch the game, that's all. We're talking baseball – Willie and the Mets, boom, boom, boom. 821 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Wednesday edition of the show, we'll help fix your fantasy football league team. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire in the 3 o'clock hour. We'll take a look at the biggest stories in technology from the last seven days at 4 o'clock. Tom Bragg and Tony Caridi will be here in the 5 o'clock hour, plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out in our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70 at the top of the hill, the Highlands. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Even Governor Justice. Howard, you're a good man, and I appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on the Watchdog. Live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. daydreamer used to be a day drinker but that's a whole different story we won't talk about that you're a day sleeper i'm a day these days well that's why i'm dreaming at daytime because i am a day sleeper i purposely last night chose not to i, I always sit on my sofa that's you know my sons always say well that's dad's spot right there so my archie bunker chair is actually my sofa. i purposely chose to not do that because when i'm on the sofa you know what happens Pretty soon Good I figure yourself. So I, I sat in the hardback chair for the night. So I, I'm not going to go to sleep tonight. And I didn't. So that was good. You are way, way too. I think I have great manners. But if my boys are sitting there in the, in my living room and I'm tired, guess where I'm going, Howard? Bed. I'm going to bed. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Knock I, yourself out. I can't do that. And I try very, very hard not to fall asleep on them. But I do. I fall asleep on grandson Teddy and he... 
He doesn't get angry. He just gives me a hit. You know, he and I will be sitting on the sofa, and he's playing a game or something, and I'm, I'm watching with him. Granddad, are you watching me? Yes, I'm watching you, Teddy. Okay. And then uh, I, I – and he just – he gives me a good whack. I uh, – one time I took my oldest son to the movies, just him and I, and it was a, just a terrible movie. And I fell asleep, Howard. Uh-oh. <laughs> Man, did he get mad? Woke me up. That was it. Let's go. And I said, oh, I'll be okay. I'll Were try to stay away. If you weren't snoring. I must have been because he didn't want to hear anything else but let's go, Dad. <laughs> I remember being at a baseball game where one of our compatriots fell asleep. Okay. Charlie Schlegel. Ah, yes. And I went, had to go get him a, a blanket <laughs> because I was afraid he was going to have frostbite. We had had a really busy day uh, up in Cleveland. And uh, we had gone to the game, and uh, Charlie uh, sat down and immediately zonked Well, out. Charlie had a great time that day. From the beginning of the trip to the end of the trip, <laughs> Charlie enjoyed himself. He absolutely did. Didn't quite get thrown out of another restaurant. but I'm close. Came. Guy said, you know what, sir, I don't even want your tip. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, Charlie went to town. I don't want your tip. Charlie tried to tell him how to run his restaurant. It didn't work. But but poor Charlie, he was sound asleep. And bless your little heart, you went out and got him a blanket. And Still have him, that blanket. Wrapped him up in the blanket. And uh, we took a picture. I think we gave it to the Alpha at the time. But it was hanging there for a while. I don't yeah, know what happened yeah. to him. 826. <laughs> 826 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. The people have been asking me for weeks, months, I guess now, what's going to go in on National Road where the old Spick and Span Cleaners was? The building was torn down. They put some grass there. They've made it into an attractive little green space for the time being, but clearly it was never going to be a park or anything. It was going to eventually be some kind of a business, and I get that over. And we, Next to it is where Hardee's used to be and Dunkin' Donuts is supposed to go. And uh, a lot of people have asked me what's going in there. And the answer I've had is, I don't know. Um, but now we know what wants to go in there. And I'm, I'm, I'm not happy about it for a variety of reasons. First of all, this came up to the Development Committee of Wheeling Council this week. There is a plan for a limited video lottery uh, game, a gaming parlor. Ten games will be in, in the facility. It's going to be run by the 19th hole, which is across the street. It's going to be sort of an extension of the 19th hole. They're calling it Angie's 19th Hole-in-One drive through and Carry-Out Cafe. And it will, of course, have coffee and stuff. But it's primarily a gaming parlor. I am disturbed, first of all, that the first time at least I ever heard of this is at this development committee meeting. Where was, the, where was the public notice that this might be coming down the road? Secondly, I'm concerned that I don't know if there had been public notice given to businesses right around it or not, but the city administrator says she didn't care. I want to quote uh, Brenda Delbert. I love Brenda. I work with her in the Planning Commission. Um, she says, it's with a within a thousand feet of pretty much everything, residential, schools, churches, other LVL locations. But we still don't have an objection. Hold her, Newt. Hold her, Newt. A number of years ago, I want to say back in the '80s, I remember when it happened. The council imposed. We have there are restrictions on LVLs from the state, but the city imposed their own LVL restrictions. So you couldn't. The idea was we don't want gaming parlors dotting the city everywhere you turn. 
actually at the time it was we don't want to become like Weirton is where, you know, 10 gaming parlors in a row down the street. And so the regulations were put into effect, and I don't have the exact things, but you can't be within X number of feet of a school. You can't be within X number of feet of a church. You can't be within X number of feet of a, another gaming parlor. But council gave to themselves the ability to override those regulations. And they have done that on more than one occasion. And so we have a situation here, a prime piece of property. And look, somebody said to me, well, why can't the city make something else? It's not the city's job to decide what's going to go in there. It's a private piece of property. A private business negotiates this. But we've got a prime piece of real estate there along what could be a nicely redeveloped stretch of National Road. Um, and it's going to put a gaming parlor in there. I, I, I am bothered by the process. I am bothered by the fact that, that they, they openly admit, and again, I quote, it is, it is within 1,000 feet of pretty much everything, residential, a couple of schools, church, a couple of other LVL locations, just basically down the road from TJ's. I don't think TJ's got a problem with that. Well, as you were uh, reading that, Howard, I was thinking, okay, who is the next closest uh, gaming place? Well, it's TJ's, and then you go down the road a little bit further in Fulton, I guess it would be Generations. If you go the other way, east on 40, man, I don't know. You have to go a long way, I, I would think, to run into any other. Alpha. Okay, it's, not off, it's not on 40, but But yeah. off of 40 a little bit. So, okay. Uh, and it seems to me, Howard, I don't, I, I don't know, was this by design? All of the betting parlors or where you could go play machine if you would want would be an established bar slash restaurant. There's not a, a Geno's or a Lily's or, or, or a place that just does that, correct? Well, right, not on that stretch. So this would be the, the one on that stretch. And why hasn't anybody tried to get into that area, Howard? I mean, we all know what kind of traffic is there. See, I, to me, and again, I, I, I listen, as a planning commission member, I always say it is not our job to decide what's the right kind of business. Is it zoned properly? Then pretty much you can go there. But, but it seems to me that this is a prime piece of property right there on the single most heavily traveled corridor probably in the entire city, maybe in the entire northern panhandle. And um, there's some activity is happening there now. Dunkin' Donuts supposedly going to – I say supposedly now because I wonder if this changes Dunkin' Donuts' thoughts about this. But Dunkin' Donuts going into the old Hardee's across the street. The Starbucks plan went away. But the Unified Bank is going to be there. It's going to, so it's going to become a, a busier area. Um, it's developing nicely. Is a gaming park. And I wonder, too, about the sizing of this. It's a large piece of property. I don't know how much space the gaming parlor will take. I guess we're going to build a new building because there's nothing there. Um, and that could conceivably come to the Planning Commission, although Brenda Delbert says that um, uh, it may not come to the Planning Commission because it... It may be too small a building. You know, do you want a little small building on that big piece of property there? I, I guess all, my, my first concern is this needs to be vetted more. The people around it need to, maybe they were notified, maybe they weren't. You know, they need to have more than a, a thing stuck on a telephone pole for two days. People need to be aware of this. And this came to me, to me, to me. And, you know, maybe Dave Palmer's going to call and yell at me, or the mayor will call and yell at me. It's always possible, because God knows they do. But it seems to me this came out of nowhere and then was approved by the Development Committee. I think, 
I think it still has to go to council for their approval, but you got and and is is this a vested interest? My, sure, you got country day school, literally literally right behind it. Literally right behind it, uh, you got Vance Church again, my church. So I'm I, I, this is a vested interest. Vance Church not that far up the street. And then you got uh, is TJ. I keep thinking of that. That's that's going to impact TJ. Yeah, they can't be crazy about it. And and you know, listening to you, Howard, uh, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking, okay, that that's a probably good business to be in. Look around; there's a lot of them. But that's a waste of space. I that's would it. think. You, that's the gee point. whiz. Think about this for a minute. You can basically put that place you're talking about. Just about anywhere. They but will this, succeed wherever they are. Right, but right here on National Road, right at the front here, think about that for a minute. And the other thing that I'm kind of curious about, Howard, is, okay, they are really making things happen down at the 19th hole. They bought the car wash. The car wash is gone. Right. You would think they could expand or do something back in they that have, corner. And the planning commission, on which I sit, for the time being, uh, had uh, we approved uh, complete so taking the old, the old minute car wash uh, property and their property and they've turned it into a large parking lot now uh, I think it's just gravel now but the, the 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 stipulation we put on was in one year it has to be a paved parking lot that's my thought too Bob I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that yesterday if 19th hole wants to have a gaming parlor and even if they want to have it as a separate building, They've got that space there. You would think Angie's, whatever she's calling that, would go right beside the place. But right. I don't know. And I, you know, Now, I suppose part of it, I'm, now I'm really just, I'm out of my element here. I'm speculating. I, maybe, the, maybe the belief is, well, this way I can get people coming and going, two sides of the road. I don't know. But my first concern, my first concern is, has this been properly vetted? Have the people who might be impacted really had a chance to offer an opinion? Yeah, I mean, again, Howard, TJ's has been there a long time. You've you got to hear what they have to say. I mean, I, I don't say do exactly what they say, but you've got to listen to what they say. They've been there a long, long time. They deserve that. There was a reason this law was put into effect in the city of Wheeling. And I've been bought. Listen, I argued against it. I will tell you this. I, I believe it was clear back in the 80s uh, I, on the air. I argued against it. The idea that that uh, that I argued in favor of the law, but the council had the ability to say, yeah, but in this particular case of this business, we won't pay attention to that. The idea behind that original law was to make sure that you don't have these gaming parlors on every corner. Again, specifically, it was we don't want to be like Weirton. If you remember Weirton back at that time, they just every if you went to Weirton everywhere you went, there was either a strip club <laughs> or a gaming parlor. Or maybe they were together sometimes. Um, and this council wisely said, we don't do that. So we don't want, if you're, if you're within X number of feet, and I don't remember the numbers, I want to say 1,500, but I think this says 1,000. If you're within 1,000 feet of another LVL parlor, then you, you can't put another one in. The idea was not to have one on every corner. Or if you are near a school, I, I don't, you know, listen. I don't think that everybody who goes, or I don't think that most people who go to these gaming centers are perverted, degenerate gamblers. Okay, I really don't. I mean, I know a lot of people who just find them fun. I, I, but, but there's it's just something about it. And again, to be literally, no, nobody, no, very few kids walk to country day school. I will argue. I will accept. Yeah, the limousines take them hard. <laughs> well, Granddad took him last. <laughs> tell you a story about that in a minute. But. Um, uh, but it is it is literally within walking distance. If you were a walker 
you know, traditional public, you were clearly within walking distance. Let me ask, who has the final veto on this? Is it the commission or would go to city council? I, I, I believe, but I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I guarantee you I'm going to be told I'm wrong. I believe it now has to go to council for their approval. Um, the only objection on the development committee raised this week was by Jerry Sklavinakis. It is a legitimate one. It's not the biggest one. He was concerned about traffic. You know, that's a, people coming in, coming out. Is that, that Jerry's ward? It is Jerry's ward, yes. So uh, I, I, that's, to me, I mean, Jerry raised it. It's a legitimate question. It is by no means the most important question in my mind, but it is an important question. So I only know what I've read in the papers so far. I had intended before I did this today to talk to the mayor or some other people, and I didn't. So that's my fault. I openly admit that. Uh, I'll try to track some more information down. But I, I, right now, I'm bothered by the process, and I'm bothered by the eventual product. And it has no bearing on the 19th hole. It has no bearing on Angie. It has only that I'm not sure it's the right place for it. The city wants to try to keep these things limited, and I think it's a, well, that's why they're called, <laughs> cleverly enough, limited video lottery machines. Um, and it's going to be a 10-machine place, 10 machines. It's a pretty big gaming parlor it is I, that's the uh, that's the max right and so they'd probably have to go over go under some kind of uh fraternity isn't that the way the the rule on that is you have to be like a moose or yeah a, i don't know that that's the it used to be i don't know if that's true anymore or not it, you might be right i'm not sure i'm sure she's done her homework she you know yeah I would think. action gaming is the one putting the machines in uh someone from action gaming said that they've established a number of similar operations at different locations up and down the river we're not but, on the river. But there has not yet been one in Wheeling. Well, that good. You know, good, good. Um, anyways, and, uh, and I'm, I am dramatically bothered that the, uh, the, uh, the administration literally says it is within 1,000 feet of pretty much everything, residential, schools, churches, LVL locations, but we still don't have an objection. That's the problem. I object. How about you, Howard? I object. And that's, and that's the problem. It's been the problem with this law all along. Council just tends to, you want it, you can have it. And that's, and that's all I'm going to say about that today. 839, 21 to the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show. Let's check in with uh, Taylor Long. She's got Ohio Valley headlines for us. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 27th. The deadline to fund the government is midnight this Saturday. Without a funding plan, the shutdown would happen at 12.01 a.m. on Sunday. If it happens, Social Security checks will still go out, but the people impacted first will be federal employees, active duty military, and federal contractors. Employees deemed essential like air traffic controllers and law enforcement officers would have to report to work. However, their paychecks might be delayed. This looming government shutdown has some local families worried about how they're going to put food on the table. The Senate voted to begin work on a 45-day temporary spending bill to extend funding to November 17th to avoid a government shutdown. And continuing coverage this morning, one local man was arrested after a multi-state police chase in which the suspect shot at officers. On Friday, police say they found 27-year-old Tyler Carhut of Toronto asleep in his car with a gun on his lap at the 213 rest stop along Route 7. After getting out and talking to police, Carhut allegedly fired three shots and led them on a chase through the tri-state area. 
He was finally stopped and arrested by McDonald, Pennsylvania police. Carhut had several warrants for his arrest in Jefferson County. He's being held in the Washington County Jail. For more details or to see the dash cam footage, you can visit WTRF.com. And yesterday, U.S. Senators J.D. Vance and Sherrod Brown called to the EPA to study the feasibility of declaring the East Palestine train derailment a public health emergency under CERCLA. If appropriate, the determination would allow the Department of Health and Human Services to provide Medicare coverage to Ohioans impacted by the derailment and resulting chemical exposure to ensure that they have access to long-term medical care that they deserve. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. New offensive coordinator at TCU, and he likes to play fast. I mean, really, really fast. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. For the second week in a row, the Mountaineer football team's defense will see an offense that operates at a very, very fast tempo. WVU head coach Neil Brown shares his thoughts on TCU's new offensive coordinator. The name may be familiar. Last name Bryles, first name Kendall, the son of former Baylor head coach Art Bryles, who modernized playing super fast. I mean, Kendall does a great job. Uh, his body of work kind of speaks for himself. Their tempo... You know, very similar in some ways to Texas Tech, but they're going to be committed to the run at all the time. They're they're going to be a run first team. They're going to throw it, but they're committed to the run, and that's why he's done it his whole career. Got a ton of skill guys. I think it starts with the quarterback Chandler Morris. Obviously, dad really successful coach, and he's playing at a, at a high level. And he can run. He throws the ball from a bunch of different arm angles. At running back, they're playing a couple. I think those guys are really good. They're tough physical runners. People don't talk about that enough. I think they're really physical uh, runners. Uh, Richardson at wideout is tr- came over from Oklahoma State. He's their leading receiver to this point. Uh, Savion Williams caught a big go ball at the end of the game versus us last year. He he's a tall, physical guy. They got a good mix. They got some guys that are little guys that can run. They got big guys that can body you up. They got good possession players. And so far, so good for this new offense from TCU. They are currently in the top twenty-five in five different offensive categories. It'll be a big challenge for West Virginia's defense. A reminder, don't forget, coming up tomorrow, it's the Neil Brown Show from Kegler Sports Bar beginning at 6 p.m. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. 
Calcruth Residential Roofing, locally owned and operated for 100 years, offers a wide range of services from roof replacement to gutters and downspouts, maintenance and repairs, 24-7 emergency response, and new construction. They have you covered. Whether you're looking for shingles, slate, tile, metal, or rubber, Calcruth Residential Roofing has the perfect roof solution for your home. Plus, all of their shingles come with a 50-year warranty, and they are a master elite certified contractor. Calcruth Residential Roofing is voted number one roofer in Ohio Valley and is ranked top 10 roofers in the country reputation experience results check out our residential showroom floor at the highlands or call 304-230-1200 on fm on am online on demand and on video we are where you are the watchdog morning show with howard monroe is here now to say this about a member of the Kennedy family. That Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a nutbag. Holy Well, well he's had a tough life, Howard. I, I'll bet you're right. He ought to just shut up and go go somewhere. Hyannis Port or wherever the hell he wants to live. I'm not going to get into it right now. I'm just reading a CNN uh, article based on an interview with him and all of the crazy I mean, you know, it's... He's a nutbag. That's, <laughs> I'll get, to, get into it more a little bit later on. Uh, 8.45, quarter till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Roaming just under 60 degrees here in the upper Ohio Valley, pretty much everywhere. We're going to get up to around 70 today with a partly sunny day and even warmer. Well, tomorrow about the same, and then uh, later in the week even warmer going into the mid to upper 70s with sunshine most of the time. Bob, I do not know what is coming out of this. I'm not sure what the point of this is, whether it's preparatory to another uh, round of indictments, if it's an explanation of the previous indictments or not. I do not know. Um, we all know that uh, a couple of weeks ago, when I was on vacation, the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office here in the Northern Panhandle of West Virginia filed, I think it's wire fraud charges against federal wire fraud charges against uh, Jeffrey Morris, the uh, head of Roxby Development, uh, and said quite clearly uh, that there will be more charges coming. Today, Bill Elenfeld, folks in the FBI and the IRS will be holding a press conference this afternoon to uh, talk about the case of U.S. versus Jeffrey James Morris. Or they have that press conference. It's uh, going to be the federal building uh, in uh, here up uh, on, you know, on Main Street. Beautiful downtown Street. Wheeling. I um, I actually had planned to go, but it's at two thirty, and that's Teddy pickup time. And Teddy takes precedence even over even over Bill Elenfield. Bill, I am a, sorry because I really wanted to be there, but Teddy takes precedence over that. Okay, we can't go. Will we be able to hear it, listen to it live? That's a good Howard? question. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe Channel Seven or someone will, uh, or the I, I, the answer is I don't know, but I'm I'm hoping that as well. Uh, we'll certainly get a full report, and I'll I'll have a full report from uh, John. Will have it. For yeah, us certainly. John McCable sends someone down. Um, and I had put in a request, and it's not Bill Elenfeld's fault. His scheduler has been on vacation for weeks. I put in a request to actually have Bill come on the show and talk about this case. Tomorrow sounds like the day, Howard. And, uh, Bill, uh, if you're willing to do that, uh, you're, you're booked. I'll, I'll book you where, anytime you want to tomorrow after your press conference today. I have no sense of whether this is going to be more information about new indictments or whether it's simply going to be an explanation of what's already happened, I don't know. Uh, simply, I know that Bill Elenfeld and folks in the FBI and the IRS will offer remarks 
regarding the case of uh, the U.S. versus Jeffrey James Morris this afternoon at the U.S. courthouse. So um, we will learn something. I don't know what it is, but we will learn something a little bit uh, later on today. Um, had a big uh, rally, not rally, fundraiser for J.J. yesterday down in Charleston. And it's probably good because uh, based on what we've been le learning, he may need that help. I want to talk about that coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hi, I'm Derek Army, head coach of the Wheeling Nailers. What is Nailers hockey? It's hard-hitting action that's affordable for everyone. It's giveaways and brand-new food and beverage options. It's thinking outside the box on both penalties and promotions. And it turns game time into the best time. That's Nailers hockey. Experience it for yourself. Get your tickets now at wheelingnailers.com or call 304-234-GOAL. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Keep up with the ever-changing world of sports all night long. Sports Map Radio is on the Watchdog. FM 98.1 AM 1600. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Teacher's desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time. And we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On a morning from a bogart movie In a country where they turn by time You go strolling through the crowd like Peter Laurie contemplating a crime she comes out of the sun in a silk dress Running like a watercolor in the rain Don't bother asking for an explanation She'll just tell you that she came In the air of the cat Nine before the hour, Watchdog Morning Show on a Wednesday. Our team from the legislative watchdogs are coming up after 9 o'clock. They have a lot to talk about. Maybe some of the same things I'm about to get into here today. Yesterday on our show, we talked with um, Brad McElhenney, who had reviewed the financial disclosure form sent to the Senate by uh, Governor Justice. Uh, Governor Justice was 151 days late in filing that form, but it was filed and as Brad pointed out to us yesterday, several things were quite notable in the financial disclosure form. Uh, the governor has a lot of assets, a huge number of assets, i.e. there are companies that he owns, businesses that he owns, 147 individual separate assets, uh, almost none of which produce any income. Zero, zip, zilch, net, nine, nihil, none. 
Uh, some do, but m almost none of them do. We do know he makes $3,500 a year uh, coaching basketball. And I heard this, Howard, and again, I, I, th I think uh, this should be mentioned because I think it's pretty cool of him. Anytime, especially when you're having all the problems that he's having, I believe I heard this right. He makes $250,000 as the governor of the great state of West Virginia. But before his problems, he even he donated that. He, he, he has never seen a penny of that. He, he's donated, I think, to West Virginia Education. Do I have it right, Howard? I, I don't know. I, but I, uh, he's probably not going to see a lot of it because it's going to be garnished. Before. Think about that, though. I mean, he, eight years, that's $2 million right there. But he said, ah, I don't need it. You can have it. Well, he needs it now. He, I'm not sure. It's, I'm I not want sure. to mention that to him, I'm not sure that's, that's, that's totally true. Uh, so he's got a huge amount of assets but no income, uh, m minimal income. Uh, he has income from his governor's salary, his income from his – basketball salary i'm sure somewhere in there there's some stock dividends and things of that nature but basically he's he's asset rich and cash poor which is not unusual and somebody pointed out to me well howard that's the way rich people do it they accumulate assets and they grow in value and someday they sell them sell them jim sell them jim because the third part of the stool huge number of assets no income minimal income and gigantic debt so uh, maybe if that is true, maybe it's time to sell the assets. Anyway, uh, there was a fundraiser for his Senate campaign yesterday in uh, Charleston. I think it was in Charleston. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was in D.C. I apologize. In D.C. Um, raising money for his senatorial campaign. Uh, and outside of that fundraiser, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee handed out pamphlets under the headline, What is Jim Justice Hiding? The DSCC has asked a number of questions, including, and we talked about this yesterday, to what extent does he have any income or connection from or loans with foreign governments? And we specifically, I think the DS, DSCC wants to know, uh, Saudis. Because uh, when the Saudi uh, golf tournament, the Leave Golf Tournament, was held at the Greenbrier, the governor said, well, I, I, met, I, I, I don't know if I'd say I met with him. I mean, I talked to him. I didn't. I don't know that you said I met with him. So the DSCC, that's part of what they want to know. What is Jim Justice hiding? Um, so they handed out these pamphlets to all these Republicans going in there, uh, talking about the messy, costly, bruising intra-party fight that is underway in the Republican Party in West Virginia right now. If you want to read more about this, you can go to the cleverly titled website, what is Jim Justice hiding .com. You can read, read more about that there uh, if you would like to. I asked Brad yesterday if there had been any reaction from Alex Mooney or other critics or opponents of Governor Justice. And at the time, he said nobody had spoken out. Well, they have by now. Uh, if you want to read this article, it's at WVMetroNews.com. The uh, campaign chairman for Congressman Alex Mooney running against uh, Justice, quote, even after a 90-day extension and a grace period, liberal Jim Justice stretched out the filing process as long as he possibly could. Hopefully, he'll start paying his debts that he owes to our hardworking coal miners and West Virginia taxpayers. That was uh, John Finley, campaign manager for the Senate campaign of Alex Mooney. Let's see. Um, who is this? Uh, Roman Stauffer, the campaign manager for Jim Justice, as we talked about yesterday, he really can't defend the financial disclosure thing. I mean, the truth of the matter is Jim Justice has huge debts, large 
non-income producing assets and little income. But he does talk about uh, Governor Jim Justice created thousands of jobs and saved businesses like the Greenbrier and kept companies open in tough economics times. And, that, and that's a point that the governor has made. Hey, I kept my business open at least, which is a it's a, it's a point uh, fairly made. And I can't see him taken too kindly to being called a, a liberal, Howard. So oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's intended to really pierce his thin skin. Which I think is going to be good for business for us because, you, you know, J.J. ain't going to take that land down. He's going to come back and say, I'm not a liberal, you carpetbagger. So <laughs> can't wait for him to respond. This is going to be a good campaign for those of us in the talk radio business. No question about it. Uh, Senate Finance Chairman in West Virginia, Eric Tarr who is a Republican, obviously, isn't everybody in the U.S. Senate these days, has endorsed Alex Mooney. He particularly took note of, of the two debts that we talked about yesterday from Bray Carey. Bray Carey, former TV executive and mogul and then a former uh, assistant to the governor for a while, uh, gave two separate loans to give Governor Justice, one from Bray Carey himself and one from the Carey Foundation, uh, it's anywhere from 2 to $10 million, depending on the range that you look at. Uh, Eric Tarr says, you have somebody who loaned him personally at a 10% interest rate money for whatever. We have no idea what the loans are for. And it happened immediately after he left the governor's office and was appointed to the Board of Governors at WVU. Hmm. That's Eric Tarr. Tarr goes on to say the second thing that's very curious in, a real, in relationship to having almost no income reported for him personally, there's a lot of personal line of credits from those assets to Jim Justice at 0% interest rates. That's questionable to me. What happens on that personal line of credit from your business to you with 0% interest? I guess that means that his business lent him money at 0% interest rate. I don't know. Um, more examples include a lot of credit from the uh, Justice-owned Thames Management Company, Half a million to a million dollars, zero percent interest. Bellwood Corporation, a million to five million, zero percent interest. So uh, Eric Tarr is raising these questions as well. Now, he's been very critical of Jim Justice and his finances anyway. So the uh, the critics are piling on now. Yesterday when we talked with Brad about this stuff, it was kind of, no, nothing's happened yet. But they're all, they're all jumping on now. And again, you want to find out more what the DSCC is saying, go to whatisjimjusticehiding.com. I just love the names of these websites. Listen, I'm going to turn things over to the legislative watchdogs. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these items are on their agenda coming up next. Uh, they may talk about, I don't know, the federal government shutdown, maybe about the auto worker strike and a few other things like that. I do know that um, we got to get, I have to get out of here. Mr. Slider sticks around to help out with the uh, watchdogs. But we shall together return tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock for another go-around of this gig. And I sincerely hope that you all are with us. And we reconvene in the morning at 7 o'clock. Have yourself a great day. <laughs>